0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 94, October 31st, 2007,
1: on a ghoulish Halloween.
0: Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Jeff Bear, And I'm ghoulish
1: Greg Weiss.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I and don't you're Jack
1: O'Lantern Jeff Bear.
0: There we go. I don't have any really good Halloween puns. I wasn't going to try to do something bad. Let's start off with Pride and Joy from Three Floyds. Okay. They're mild ale. Interesting. We've had never had anything that would be considered mild from Three Floyds before, so this will be fun. Look
1: at how clo- Look at how far that is yeah, up. Yeah, that's a, the- that's, <laughs> a high,
0: that's a high fill on the bottle. It's up to the the rim at the top of the bottle that just helps reinforce with the cap clips down. This was sent to us by Brett Dills from Indianapolis. Thank Thanks, you, Brett. Pours a big head. I poured Greg's a little too vigorously. Sea <sighs> smell one. right there. <laughs> now we haven't posted the show yet.
1: Well, I'm sure that by the time people listen but, to this show. Right,
0: but I've talked to um, Rick Sellers about this thing, and uh, he really didn't like, even though he hadn't heard it in context yet, he really didn't like the idea of us watering down man candy. Diluting man candy? To MC, yeah.
1: Hmm. Well, we'll see what the fans have to say.
0: The first aroma I get, it, it's not this full sweetness I typically get from a 3 Floyd's beer. There's a little bit there, but it's this smell... It's a little more grainy. It's a smell that I typically get out of Scott Smith's session beers from East End Brewing. When he brews those low alcohol beers, they have this where the malt comes across as a drier malt flavor.
1: Well, I mean, I, I noticed it because I smelled this before you poured the last bit. When you poured the last bit, you poured oh. some yeast in there with it, too. Okay. Did it made it more earthy? Yeah, the yeast definitely changed the aroma on that, too.
0: So it was better before the aroma was? Yes. Oops. It's a pretty bitter beer It's really, really bitter Really? Yeah, I'm getting... I mean, it tastes like there's a okay, lot of IBUs in low-alcohol low beer It's just this march of this gritty greenness Just coming back across your tongue Bitter, bitter, bitter.
1: The first thing I tasted was kind of sweet and... Um, Little, uh the aqueousness of that sort of wateriness, and um, then the bitter hit, but it still doesn't come to me as super, super bitter. You ever have um, the uh,
0: the small beer that Scott makes after he brews his barley wine called the Bitter End? No. It, it reminds me of this a lot. The the story behind East End beer, well, I'll take away from Three Floyds, but I don't have any anecdotes about this beer from Three Floyds. Uh, first year he did his barley wine. When brewers brew barley wines, they have to fill that mash tun up with grains to get all that warped to do a high-alcohol beer. When you're done, there's enough sugars left in the mash tun. If you run more water through it, you can make a beer with the residual sugars. It's right. called the second runnings. So he brewed a beer with second runnings. He left the hops in the brew kettle from the barley wine, and he hopped the beer as he expected to hop it. What happened was it came out way too bitter because he got bitterness from the first run of hops. Uh, so he ended up calling it the bitter end. The end of, you know, the, right. the barley, the bitter. And uh, people liked it. I don't think it's going to win any awards. But it reminds me of this, where it's this low alcohol beer with this harsh bitterness that comes through. Harsh? Not harsh. Prominent, maybe overwhelming bitterness that comes through. And... um It's an interesting... uh, And, you know, people liked it enough that, you know, the last three years, or the following two years, he brewed it the same way. Keeps brewing the bitter end, even though it was a mistake the first time, you know?
1: (laughs) It's not a lingering kind of stay-on-your-tongue bitterness, either. It's sort of more of a hit-you-kind-of-sharp, stay-with-you-a-bit, and then fade-away bitterness. It... uh, You know, I was smelling before before the yeast was in there. I was smelling some of the the typical sweetness and uh, aromas that you get from Three Floyds, which is really just incredible. And it's the flavors there are considered. I mean, it it definitely is a milder ale in terms Mm -hmm. of what you consider from Three Floyds. But how how much alcohol is in this one? It can't be
0: too much. I don't have that information, but no, it. I would guess it's not more than four and a half. So it's probably closer to four.
1: So it's a session beer, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's...
0: Well, with the name Mild Ale, that's what yeah. you would expect. and it, it tastes like it. It just has... And the IBU count on this is probably not that high in the numbers, but just with the beer's balance,
1: it just comes across as lots and lots of bitterness. So this would be a good beer to have a couple of, and you wouldn't get wasted on it, and you can even have it with some food. This is a good choice. Mm-hmm. We We have been talking about how much we want to see more session beers out there, and here is one. Yep. And, I mean, one thing you'll notice about it is it's not going to jump out at you and and turn into an incredible flavor explosion like other beers. Session beers aren't going to do that, but in terms of a nice drinker, this is definitely going to work very well.
0: All right. So we actually have some emails and some news here tonight. We have to read them off the screen because my printer's busted. First one we'll read is from Chris. Chris. I just listened to my first podcast, the GABF posting, and I loved it. I'm originally from Denver and went to college in Boulder. It took me back. Question is, while you were in Boulder, did you have a chance to taste my absolute favorite all-time beer, the Java Porter on Nitro at Mountain Sun Brew Pub? Well, nope, I didn't make it to Mountain Sun. On the, the whole whirlwind tour of, of Denver, I really didn't get to spend that much time in Boulder. Mm. I went to Avery and Redstone Meadery, and that's all the time that we had to spend there. But thanks for listening, Chris. I'm glad you like the show, and I hope you like our normal format shows as well.
1: <laughs> Java Porter on Nitro. Interesting. I'm not a huge Nitrogenated fan. Yeah, me
0: too. It's a rare beer that I think is better on Nitro than it is on CO2 time.
1: Boulevard John asked this question. This has been one little pet peeve I've had about this show, but I finally found a metaphor for it. You guys you guys seem to be upset with people at times for liking, actually liking Bud Light, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera. but the way I look at it is this marriage. Some guys never get married. Some guys play the field their whole lives forever. Some guys get married have a little fun on the side, staying with a mainstay. Some guys are happily married and would never think of drinking another beer because they found the love of their life. Macro drinker. So next time, time if you think about it like marriage, and think about beer like that, then you can see where people are coming from. It's an interesting analogy. It's
0: an analogy that has some points, but okay, so the person who drinks Bud Light you know, Mary. You know, had a shotgun wedding because he knocked, they knocked her up or something like that. It's not <laughs> like they chose their wife. You know, that's that'd be my humorous com- counter to to uh, the marriage thing. I don't know. Yeah, some people. I think we've talked about this. People drink beer for different reasons, and for Greg and I, and a lot of our listeners, it kind of boggles our mind. People who drink beer not for the flavor, but just for the you know, talk, the or for the non-offensive flavor and the intoxicating factor. When it's such a great beverage and, you know, just about everything Greg and I put into our meals, we do it to enjoy the flavors of
1: it. And- right. I've made the analogy before. I think it's, it's the best analogy I've come up with is think of beer like cheese. And I pity the person who wants to eat Velveeta or or American cheese their entire life when there is such a huge, wide variety of incredible cheeses out there. And I'm sure there are people out there who are the only cheese they like is american cheese if they like cheese at all and i pity them Mm -hmm. and i will constantly be trying to introduce them to say a stilton or a.
0: well you know like garrett says if you don't like stilton (laughs) you're a bad person
1: or uh parmigiano reggiano or uh you know camembert or something like that Mm -hmm. i'm always trying to to say look at look at the great huge variety of cheeses out there look at how much this cheese can add to this meal this cheese can add this yes i'll talk
0: about cheeses greg i'm getting hungry for cheese you have to run over to Giant Eagle and get some of their wheels of cheese.
1: <laughs> the same thing it can apply to beer. Beer is, is, so, is so diverse, and I pity the person who drinks Bud their entire life. Because that's like drinking Vel- that's like eating Velveeta your entire life. Right. I don't look at it as marriage because marriage is much more of a social dynamic where it's just give and take between two parties. With Budweiser, there's just take from one party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, you make some points, but you can... I don't think it's the best analogy. But, but Boulevard John, thank you for writing in. We appreciate your feedback. So what's next on our list? That was the uh, Pride and Joy from Three Floyds. Nice mild beer, lots of flavor to it. Towards the end, the bitterness really wasn't as potent. You know, it wasn't as... Well, now I say, and then the late aftertaste, I get this more bitterness crawling on right. my tongue. Interesting beer. Not what I expected from mild. I expected... Uh, English mild, where malt was a predominant flavor. Right. And, well, I kind of did that because the uh, brewers of Three Floyds are from England. They brew oh, really? some great American beers, but they're English. And, um, well, at least the dad brewer is. The sons, I think, might have been born here. but um, So they did it a mild. But, no, it's a, it's a Three Floyds American take on a mild, that's go. for sure. We're going to go to Erie Brewing Company next. Uh, they sent us this Heritage Alt Amber beer, or... I'm sorry. It's the Heritage Alt Beer from Erie Brewing in Erie, Pennsylvania.
1: Interesting. Now, I've had a couple alts before. Stick and Jab I loved. The Victory Ten Years Alt I despise.
0: Yeah, that was was not so good. I've had other alts, you know, German alts. And it's generally a style I like, but for some reason well, that's dark. That's really dark. That looks like a porter. Hmm. I've never seen an alt that dark.
1: It is very dark. This is exceedingly dark brown. Cannot see through it very the bottom some very dark red highlights.
0: It smells like a porter. I wonder if the name's just misleading.
1: Well what qualifies as an alt?
0: An alt beer is a uh it stands for old in German. And it's a uh, an ale. It's kind of lagered. It's brewed at colder temperatures or it's fermented warm and then lagered at colder temperatures. Um so it has to have a clean taste, not too many esters, not too many things like that. Um like a Kolsch, but you Kolsch know, just have a lot more of that vinous, grapiness, where right. this one is more of a malt, and it's a little bit darker too, so you get maybe some I didn't want to say, not caramel but more toast, like a Munich malt, something like that, but maybe a little bit of caramel too I'm not exactly sure on that one
1: But this one, like you said, is very dark, so we'll see if this qualifies
0: From the aroma, I would say it's 100% a porter From the flavor, I'd say it's 89% porter
1: it's it, it. It's got all the symptoms of a porter. It's got that raisininess. It's got um, a bit of the 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 black, you know, sort of uh, chocolatey malt flavor.
0: Yeah, I didn't do extra homework on this beer. It said alt on the label. Stupid me for assuming that it was an alt beer. <laughs> Has a German guy playing a? Oh, he's not really German, is he? He's playing an accordion on the label. It's.
1: It's stereotypical to assume that he's German simply because of that.
0: He has a Czech shirt on and a hat and, <laughs> and long floral socks and knee pants. and
1: He's German. He's not wearing
0: lederhosen or anything. No, 5.4% alcohol by volume. So a lot of roastiness in the flavor. Um, not too much chocolate or coffee, but just it's roasted barley. But a little bit of coffee, I guess, now that I've said that there's not too much. I'm trying to spit Kind of smelling it.
1: There's a bit of kind of like baker's chocolate in there.
0: I'm getting a weird mix from the previous beer. Because I burped and I got a whole bunch of that bitterness back out. And I thought it was from this beer, but I'm pretty sure it's mostly from the previous beer.
1: A little bit of molasses at the end there.
0: It's under... Here's an alt beer on Beer Advocate. It's miscategorized. Someone else went by the label, I think. If it's an alt beer, it's uh, completely...
1: It only, I mean, it gives me kind of a chocolatey, malty aftertaste, a little bit like if I was just chewing on a malt ball or something like that, um, like a Whopper. Those malt balls, not the actual sandwich. Right. Um, but there's that any touch in the in the beginning. I mean, this, this is much more reported to me.
0: Reading the reviews here, I'm a very advocate about this beer, including some people that I know, and uh, not a single person mentions that it's <laughs> off-style. They're just reviewing... Dark and roasty—they're all describing a porter, but not a single person's like, "Well, this really isn't an old beer." So that's very interesting,
1: isn't it? What does it mean? What's it mean? What does it all mean, Jeff?
0: Maybe our senses are really off tonight. Even our sense of sight—it's and mm-hmm. it's not this color. Or maybe it's the Sam Adams glasses we're drinking from.
1: <laughs> they change the color and taste of the beer completely. Huh?
0: Yeah, we're drinking from the curvy Sam Adams glasses again, just because these things are fun to drink from. Mm-hmm
1: it's decent enough beer. It, it, it's it's weird because we're looking at it just from the perspective. of well, this and not an alt, but, it, but it's a pretty good porter.
0: Yeah, it's it's a dry porter. It's um, I'd like to see a little bit more chocolatiness in this. You know, it, it would just carry the beer a little bit further. Chocolate or coffee? Because more, it's just like roast and then it like it finishes clean. You know, it's like this roast, 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 almost like a leading towards a sooty roast, and then cleans out where i think if it had some coffee or some chocolate in it it would be a more interesting beer actually i'm going to try to warm up this last bit here and see what it takes
1: these are easy to warm up because you can just sort of grab the bottom Yep. Of it. we are like we said these sam adams glasses they're if you don't have some get some because they're fun to drink well they're kind
0: it. of expensive they are I think a four-pack is $25. I guess that's not that bad.
1: I mean, that that's not quite as cheap as regular pint glasses, but they are very fun to drink out of. The
0: And they're scientifically engineered to to give you a better...
1: They are scientifically engineered to, to make your beer taste better. Whether that will actually come through or not is all up to you to decide.
0: We seem to notice differences. I mean, we, have, we it's really hard to do an unbiased test because the shape of the glass, even if you're blindfolded, you could tell which one was which just from your lips on the rim of the glass. Uh, but I, we seem to think that those do some of the things that they advertise. So it's an interesting glass and we like it. Ben sent us an email. Add one more to the random responding to an episode emails from him. He's a person who, e- who emails his podcasts. Gold medal show, boys. The GABF coverage was good and I very much enjoyed your take on them. Looking forward to the compilation CBR main feed show some footage from your color commentary <laughs> well
1: that's not really gonna yeah, We're
0: probably not probably not gonna come to that because there's so many people that are listening to the extras feed they get duplicate content and it's kind of like i don't want to shove the repeats down people's ears so just go to the um, website and download some of the interviews they're short that's probably your if you don't have a lot of time and then you could look at some of the food and beer pairings and if any of those pique your interest then
1: listen to those as well he says he's interested in your thoughts on Tommy Arthur, genius brewer that he clearly is, that he clearly, clearly is. I heard rumors he's kind of a pricking person. And your tale of him snaking the bottles of the Dark Lord didn't do anything to, to quash them. See,
0: he was nice to me. He wasn't mean to me. But yeah, I mean, he was being a bit selfish grabbing all these beers. But again, he best small brewer in the country. Does he deserve to, to snake the dark lords? I don't know. But when you talk to the guy, he's a cool guy. He's not a jerk. You know, make your own opinions there. I I liked. I was happy to meet Tommy, and I don't have any hard feelings for him.
1: And he also says regarding the abyss, yummy. Oh, apparently the accolades and cajoling get shoot to agree to make it again, and it's supposed to be hitting shelves in December. Can't wait for an abyss vertical.
0: <laughs> Man, if anyone wants to send us abyss, we will not send it away. <laughs> was such a good beer. He also had a very interesting take. He thought it was interesting contrasting Garrett Oliver's beer versus wine tactics as opposed to uh, Sam Calagione and Marnie Old's um, back-and-forth banter. So he thought that was interesting as well. Oh, this next one, I, uh, I just had to put this in. We normally don't put the how great we like your podcast emails on the air, but this guy just worded it. I just... Discovered your show about three weeks ago on iTunes. Love it. You guys are the best. I tried to listen to some of the other beer podcasts on iTunes, but they suck. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I'm glad he feels. That. I mean, it's cool that he feels that way. I mean, we like a lot some of the other a lot of the other beer podcasts, but I don't know I just wanted to put that on there. That's <laughs> just the way you sent the email,
1: not the how I. You know, I, th- there are some guys out there who do great shows.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of them, you know, There's some that don't do such great shows, but I like most of them. And uh, I don't know. I just loved how animated he was <laughs> Yeah, he's creating a list of beers to try from our show and he has a garage, fr- garage fridge with plenty of room for beer storage.
1: Oh, well man. So it sounds like we got him hooked. There is a lot of beers I'd recommend you get in that garage. I mean, you'll you'll go by listening to what we have this is our 94 show. There are going to be at least 20 25 shows where we have things that are going to like going to
0: says we should do a show on West Coast
1: beers. (laughs) Oh, we have.
0: Yeah, I think we do a fair mix of, I mean, we can't get everything from, you know, the Bay Area, but uh, he asks us if we have any requests for San Francisco.
1: Let me make a list. Yes, absolutely. And everything you can find in your bottle shop? (laughs) Just about. Kyle
0: Zubla wrote in. A couple of episodes, I hear you talk about Capital Brewing and New Glarus Beers. Both brewed in the greater Madison area. This is in Wisconsin. I must say, both decent, but my one brother-in-law enjoys is Ale Asylum. We feel that the two other breweries play it too safe and won't step out and mass-produce an edgy beer. That being said, how do you guys suggest I send you a sample pack? Well, absolutely. Now, I put this on here because I thought it was interesting where he's calling New Glarus... Playing it safe. Have you tried their sour beers? Well, I mean that's I mean that's kind of I'm like, either this ale asylum is lunatics in running the asylum, which probably is part of their slogan, or they just uh, this guy doesn't get nuclearis. I don't know, but I'm he's piqued my interest, right? He's he's kind of put down a very great beer and then put this other one in front of it. Yeah. Well, let's see if your money's where your mouth is. Uh, yeah, Kyle, we'll absolutely would like to try some of these Al Asylum beers. Especially since we can't get anything from uh, Madison, Wisconsin here in Pittsburgh. So.
1: Nope, it's pretty much impossible. Oh, several listeners uh, wrote in to point out that Walking Man is in Washington, not Oregon. Mm-hmm. So there you go.
0: Really close to the border, but apparently it's north of it.
1: So let's get another beer here. Yeah. Should we go for the Bells?
0: Yeah, sure. So we did a, a mile to begin with, right? So now we're going to do an unmild. <laughs> Bell's Batch 8,000 Ale, a commemorative brew. Ale brewed with honey, spices, coriander, orange peel, and paradise seed. So it sounds like a whip beer. This doesn't advertise so it's alcohol, but being a Batch 8,000, I would expect it's a little higher than your normal alcohol level. Now this will be interesting because the 7,000 was... Oh, remember the 7,000? That stout? It mm. was dark. It was... Borderline soy sauce, like a triple box but still on the good side. Yeah. So let's see how this. This one was sent by sent in by uh, Chris, who I stayed with at the um, the isra uh, cousin at the GABF. So, thanks, Chris. Haven't talked to you since the fest. Uh, hope you had a safe trip home, and uh, can't wait to see you again next year.
1: Uh, so that smell is. You say ginger was in this.
0: It didn't say ginger, just coriander and grains of paradise. Here's an interesting contrast: you top of the glass and bottom of the glass. His is clear. Mine looks like a mine looks like a hoe garden. His looks like a, I, don't know, I don't know, just the orange,
1: like an IPA or something like that. Yeah,
0: clear, clear orange beer. So we'll have to do a little swap and see if the Maybe. taste. Excuse me, the taste are any different?
1: Jeff and I don't have cooties, so it'll be okay.
0: It smells great. Got that orange and coriander. Grains of Paradise, I'm not really picking up, but it might come through in the flavor. No, it's not as strong as I thought. No, it's not. It might have a relatively reasonable alcohol that I wasn't expecting.
1: It's a lingering kind of honey sweetness. Mm -hmm. um, Punctuated with bits of that Grains of Paradise. uh, And... Yeah, you know, the coriander is kinda there, but I'm tasting more grains of paradise than the mm-hmm. coriander.
0: Yeah, it has a little bit more um let's compare I mean, I'm trying to think how it compares as opposed to a whitbeer because it's just about whitbeer but different. And it has this mm, more orange flavor, I guess. I mean, it just tastes like this juicy orange more than you get out of a normal whitbeer. Wanna swap a sip for a sip sure. and see what we got? I'm drinking Greg's clear one and he's drinking my cloudy one.
1: Not too much difference. A little less honey in, in the cloudy one.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yours certainly has more honey. Decant this one carefully. I think it's better clear.
1: Hmm. There, there's a good amount of alcohol in here. This is.
0: Yeah. And now that I've had a three or four sips, it's starting to come through. Like, you can't taste it, but you kind of say, hey, yeah, this beer's a little bit on the higher side.
1: It's a bright beer it's different there's a little bit actually a little bit of bitterness in getting at the end it's oh i I don't know if this would be one that you can drink a whole bunch of. Uh,
0: no, I think it's a it's definitely a drink out of a Belgian style glass, some bowl glass, mm-hmm. a little bit sniff it, warm it up. I think that's how this beer is best used. nine percent so it hides it well. You can't taste alcohol
1: at the end you can
0: so oh, you get I'm still not tasting
1: alcohol, but uh. Doesn't surprise me, because I can already feel it hitting me. This is from Ingvar Orbeck. I hope you pronounced your name correctly. Hi, I've enjoyed your show for some time. and thought other Norwegians also should do so. I'm editing a beer newsletter that is published every second or third week to some thousand Norwegians and provide a week to an interesting website in each letter. Almost two weeks ago, and next week, the link was that link was Craft Beer Radio. Therefore, I was wondering if you have any statistics showing the number of Norwegians downloading your show. Well...
0: So this got me curious, and I went into our stats. And this is not a science, because it can't resolve all the IPs and where they come from. And it doesn't show me actual downloads. It shows me page views and megabytes transferred. So I took the megabytes transferred, divided by 25 to kind of get the average show download. So here's our breakdown. Our biggest one's obviously the United States with 6,500 downloads for October. Coming in number, second, number two is Australia with 376. Unknown came in at 346. These are IPs that couldn't be resolved. China, a bunch of search engines and spammers and stuff, downloaded 338 shows. South Africa downloaded 112 shows. Canada, only 63 shows. Great Britain, 48 Belgium only five shows. Norway two shows.
1: See this. This is wrong because like my friend downloads every show and pre-show and post-show in Japan. And it only says three shows.
0: Well, your friends. Okay, it's it's not a science. Like I said, yeah, I didn't. Page views or search engines and people viewing. Where if I divide the megabytes that it reports, and sure, it doesn't accurately do the megabytes, but I don't know. I guess reading this list wasn't as interesting as I thought it would be. When i was preparing the <laughs> list, it's more fun to look at for me and Greg. I guess.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting breakdown. I mean, well, I mean, what it clearly shows is that our majority of our audience is in the United States, and a good chunk of it is in like Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand ranks lower, but I kind of think it's put it's up there more. So interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously English-speaking uh, countries, and. Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting and kind of surprised Australia was number two. I mean, if you asked me who I thought number two would be, I'm not sure, but I thought Canada would be a lot higher than Canada's listed. UK, Great Britain, I expected them to be a bit higher too. I thought they'd come in second or third. So it's an interesting breakdown.
1: If we call ourselves Canada Beer Radio, I bet that our Canada numbers would shoot up. <laughs>
0: Trying to see what, what's one of our more interesting ones. You don't have any. Well, Lebanon had four downloads, which like outpace some other English-speaking countries. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> predominantly Muslim country.
1: There's lots of. There's a big uh, Christian minority there.
0: Oh, okay, so you think about this Whitbeer, beer, about batch eight thousand from Bells.
1: It's really a wheat beer.
0: Yeah, I think it's whippier. I'd call it a whip beer. Periodically calls it a whip beer.
1: It's um, it's chewy.
0: It is. It's not quite the same kind of, like, you think, okay, it's 9%. It's an imperial wit, but it doesn't really come across the same way as other imperial wits do, which are these coriander bombs.
1: So we have this news item here. This is interesting from the perspective of what's going on between the big boys and the kind of big boys. Miller Brewing Company will continue to produce the Samuel Adams brand. at it its brewery in North Carolina for the Boston Beer Company. The Boston Brewers in a regulatory filing Monday. So basically, Miller has been brewing Boston Beer at North Carolina. They had said that they would stop after an agreement ended in October 2008. And instead, they have continued the agreement. So, no... Miller guys, who are just like the Anheuser-Busch guys, are, are very good beer brewers. It's not like they only know how to brew the standard Miller crap. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they could brew Boston beer, you know, too, once they get the recipe. I'm sure they can brew it just, just fine. So it's not an issue of, well, the quality is going to suffer because Miller is doing it. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, you see their commercials, they put a lot of press into how they're really keeping track and they're the ones carrying, and they don't say oh by the way miller contract brews for us
0: right but i mean it could be the case where i would not be that surprised if it turned out that there was a brewer from boston beer who oversaw mm-hmm. who worked in north carolina who oversaw these badges you know i wouldn't be surprised if that came out um it is surprising that that Miller's making their beer. I mean, they own a big brewery in Cincinnati. Boston Beer does. Their brewing is, I guess they're brewing that brewery to capacity. Their contract brewing in Latrobe, at city brewing, I think that's still ramping up. They're probably not yeah. doing too much production there. And their contract brewing in North Carolina. And I don't know where else Boston Beer is contract brewing. It it sounds almost like, you know, they're just looking for places to make enough beer.
1: So they're, they're just getting so big, they just need to push out beer, beer, beer. Yeah. I guess it's possible. I mean,
0: it's not bad. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to a bar which didn't have Sam Adams as a fallback, right? It's kind of it's a nice safety them. net. It's a nice safety net, and I, you know, I shouldn't make it say I shouldn't say that Boston Lager is a nice safety net. I enjoy Boston Lager, but I want to drink Boston. Lager. I really Lager.
1: do enjoy Boston Lager. I, um, I think it's. Uh, I mean, when you really compare it against uh, a lot of other beers out there, a lot of other beers fall short compared to the kind of quality and. And uh, consistency of putting out a very good, flavorful beer.
0: And as far as that guy in Portland running from air how dare he use Samuel Adams' name?
1: <laughs> Ryan J says, "I'm a new listener and I'm catching up on old episodes. I love your show, but I just want to yell into the future that Pluto is not a planet and that Chateau Giao is sold."
0: Keep up the good work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, we get a lot of emails like that, where people are, they start from the beginning and catch up, and you know they don't have the you know they're listening to a certain part in time and they want to talk to us now right (laughs) it's just like
1: it's like you know it's kind of like um you ever seen when they run episodes of call-in shows sometimes that are repeats Mm -hmm. and they have the number out there but they have to put on there do not call this is a repeat
0: right right yeah yeah i mean you got to think like other media is available it's like almost like uh you know, you buy the DVDs of a show and you watch it, and then you like write the editors and say,
1: "How dare you, you know, do
0: this to this character? that happened twelve years ago." Well, yes, you know, because I write into the editors of the producers of Alpha all the time and say, "You know, how dare you
1: have him trying to eat cats?" <laughs> Gordon Shumway from Melmac. Yes. So our next beer is going straight to the hoppy.
0: Should be The name says it is. This is a port brewing. <laughs> Hop 15 Ale, and uh, Mike from San Diego sent us this beer. This is an awesome label here. It has um, gla- a beer glass, top of beer glass, and in the foreground, it's like a cartoon drawing of like B twenty nine Super Fortress bomber because it has like the glass windows in the nose, and then over top, it has all these bombers flying, dropping hop bombs into the beer. <laughs> That's a great logo. I like that. There's hot bombs on the label.
1: Port Brewing, huh?
0: Yeah, that, that Tommy Arthur guy. <laughs> Ooh, that's 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 a hoppy one. The aroma on it is um
1: sweet. Ten percent alcohol hoppy. and volume. So oh, good. That's uh, that's a man candy aroma, isn't it? Oh,
0: we've had a bunch <laughs> of the last two weeks, haven't we? That's that juicy, sweet hops that, that people hate when we call it man candy.
1: If you could smell this, God, when they smell a radio, it'll be the best thing in the world. This
0: isn't the most man candy-ish beer that I've had. I mean, Three Floyds has a quarter right. of the market for that, but there's a little bit in there. Took my first sip. It's a lot more bitter than I would have expected.
1: Yeah, it is. Oh, Wow.
0: But after the bitterness kind of wears off, and I think once my tongue becomes accustomed to it, the bitterness won't have such an edge, and I'll be able to enjoy the rounded, malty, hoppy deliciousness. But that first sip, that bitterness kind of jammed its head in there and said, hey,
1: I'm bitter. (laughs) This is very uh, West Coast of the the beer, and and it's something that's not typical of of the beer we've had from Port so far. They would did they overwhelm it with hops, but
0: this is—I mean the the nah, no that bitterness that's in there like wrecking the party right now. When you say that's something you'd think more of a stone type beer or something like that.
1: Yeah, because stone, stone is, first- is going to throw everything at you, including the kitchen sink, and you're gonna like it or not, and that's it. Yeah, we're I, mean, I would
0: say for the first two sips that the, the bitterness is crashing this party. It's not horrible, but he's like. The annoying guy over there is like...
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like if that bitterness wasn't there, it would be a much more enjoyable beer. Because it, 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 what it imparts is it imparts kind of a of a grassy, earthy undertone that masks a lot of the good sweetness and stuff that, that you can tell is there, but it's all masked by this overt bitterness.
0: Got an email from Nick. Belgian ale or IPA is great every once in a while, but I enjoy a good lager much more than ale normally. I'm appalled by the lack of good lagers and lack of attention lagers pilsners among beer enthusiasts in the States. I'm just starting to get into craft beers, so maybe I haven't found the right places or people. However, I just came back from vacation in Europe, and the selection of quality lagers and pilsers I found there is much better than over here. In order of magnitude better, I think there is much more than just lack of attention for lagers in the States. It seems that there's a lack of respect.
1: I know... Let me cut in here because uh, you know we've we've talked about this for a while. How we feel like loggers do get kind of a short shrift because the terrible macro beers we all grew up with and we all grew up to hate are loggers. So when we finally find ales that really please us,
0: there's this rebellious mode where like you want something completely
1: different right. from the crap that you've had, you know, earlier. The first thing you gravitate towards is ales, ales, ales. And you hear lager, and you associate lager with those crappy beers you've had before. And you may say, well, you know, I like a lager that's a double bock, you know, that has a lot of flavor to it. But we've talked about the evolution of the beer drinker, how you start, when you really get into different beers, you start going for things that are flavor bombs, things that will blow your mind out with flavor. And the idea of a clean, crisp, of a clean and crisp beer... Doesn't enter your mind as something that's interesting. Uh, I think that you gravitate towards, in terms of lager styles, box or maybe Pilsners, hoppy, very hoppy lagers, uh, and that's a good way to get yourself back into lagers. But yeah, Jeff and I have been on lager kicks for a while, where we love—I mean—a really good, crisp, clean lager. Like you know, I, I espouse Dortmunder Gold all the time. <laughs>
0: uh, I got a six-pack of it. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny story. I bought some for my dad's party. And to preview that I got him a six pack of it to see if he liked it. He really didn't like it. Um so I thought he would drank it. I left it at his house, I thought he'd drank it even though he didn't like it. When they moved, they found it in the wine closet. <laughs> so there's an old pack of you know, the beer has eight months on it, unrefrigerated, you know, warmer than cellar timbers. Still tastes great. Yeah. I Which think- I was worried that beer was gonna be way past his prime, but it still tasted great.
1: You worry about that with lagers. that they, they, they do tend to age quickly. So that is something to worry about. But now I'm with you, Nick, and Jeff and I are with you. Loggers are, are great. Loggers are expressive beers and really, really an important part of the beer family.
0: You seem to be getting more it's, – it's something that – you know it's a, growing, it's a growth spurt on the craft beer. And you seem to see more people coming back and giving loggers more attention. Uh, we try to talk about it. We love a good lager. We did uh, Pilsner & Quo on the pre-show. And while this bottle wasn't as good as what we remember on draft, it was still pretty good. Uh, Lou Bryson is doing a whole session beer lager thing. The Alstom brothers also are doing this kind of thing with the lagers. It's not all about the hop bombs and the the quadruple imperial double American, you know, whatevers. Uh, So I think you're going to see more subtle encroachment of the loggers back into the craft beer scene. I think it's gonna this thing is starting to happen.
1: Understand that a a good lager is probably considerably more difficult than a good ale to make mm-hmm. for any brewer.
0: For one of the Beer Advocate Beer Fests they had Night of Loggers. It was the, one of their special Friday night sessions. Was it the German beer fest? I'm not sure. And well saying the German beer fest, I would have expected the German beer fest to be mostly <laughs> lagers anyway. But um yeah, so I I, I there has been a lack of respect absolutely because as grace started out saying it says people who are rebelling from what they're used to so things that are like what they're what used to drink but better is still like what they used to drink which was bad yeah. so they want something completely different either a hop bomb or a belgian beer or something like that and it takes a while and uh, you know i hope listening to the show, a lot of our listeners, if you're hopheads, are, are giving an open mind to trying some of these other lagers and, and having a more complete beer palate.
1: I went to um, that place Fred's over in Sapporo. I told you about that last time I was there. A uh, great beer bar in Sapporo if you're ever uh, in town. <laughs> um, he I went in there and he has huge amounts of ale and stuff. He had, uh, he had Arrogant Bastard on tap. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is you know pretty hard to get in Japan, <laughs> uh, but I said you know I'm really on a logger kick. What do you have in loggers? I didn't have anything. He had to run out to another store to get some stuff for me. So it's just like, I mean, I'm with Nick that there is a less of res- less respect for loggers out there, and it's too bad. But like I was saying before,
0: now when he had to run out and get loggers, what did he come back with? Did he come back with some Sup- Sapporo or like something?
1: S- mostly. Remember Big Hop? Remember that one, which was the uh, oh okay. Yeah the the interesting take on it, but
0: he didn't come back with anything good. Like he had on the shelves, I'm sure. There was the there was
1: nothing like what we had what he had on the shelves, yeah. right?
0: Okay, I was just curious because like if he didn't stock it, because I've saw pictures of this yeah. place and I mean it just beers to the, up the walls everywhere. If he didn't have it and there's no longer, I couldn't imagine where in Japan you'd <laughs> find the stuff, you know. <laughs> You run out, yeah. <laughs> paddle a boat across the Pacific to get to California. There's not that many loggers in California. You just go to Gordon Biersch to get something.
1: Maybe. But like I was saying, loggers are more difficult to make. I mean, there are places that are uh, full-fledged uh, breweries that aren't up to make loggers. Scott Smith and East End can't make a logger right now. I,
0: I don't know if you... Difficult isn't really the reason they're not doing it. They could make them if they wanted to. It's... Uh the time that takes to brew them right scott smith can't afford to keep a fermenter tied up for a month right right? because he doesn't have that much fermenter space so lager breweries have more product tied up in the fermentation process where ales they ferment out quick a week a little over a week and move the product to kegs and sell it and a small brewery like east end is able to do that so if he had to brew a lager and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he does a one-off session beer or, you know, a specialty beer that's a lager. His fermenters are temperature-controlled. He could ferment cold. He'd okay. have to get some lager yeast. Uh, he could do it. It's just it's going to tie up one of his fermenting vessels for a long time.
1: Not to mention that a typical lager, like a really um, a clean and crisp one, like, say, a Dortmunder, it's a pretty difficult thing to brew, to brew in, in general because you don't have a lot of alcohol. You don't have a lot of extra flavor to cover up mistakes. Yeah. Um, it, it's the whole thing, like we talk
0: about Budweiser, right? That we might not like the flavor of the beer, but you can't really knock the brewers for making it because it's, it's well done for what it is. It is what it is. It's
1: very difficult to make crap like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of
0: putting it. I was trying to be a little more subtle, but that's a good way of putting it. If,
1: if you can polish a turd, then Budweiser has done a magnificent job polishing up a turd in Budweiser. So it's hard to say they can't make good beers because they can make some excellent beers. Budweiser's not one of them.
0: So, back to the Hop 15. Uh, the bitterness, my, my tongue's got used to it. That That party crasher's not there anymore, which I expected would go away. And now it's just this juicy, hoppy, it's, it's not quite man candy for me, though. It's not, no,
1: it's not there. It's not
0: full and sweet and juicy. Enough. This
1: is not a number one beer for me at night. Uh, and my number, number one might surprise you, actually.
0: Here's another news article. Stone Brewing Company in San Diego installed a $3.2 million photovoltaic system.
1: Solar cells.
0: Yep, so they're going to go green with some solar electricity. 50%, 54% of the company's power needs.
1: I won the science fair in 8th grade with an experiment on photovoltaic cells. Yeah? Yes.
0: Did you change the world?
1: No. All I did was basically explain how they work. My
0: science fair project, was it 8th grade? No, it was earlier than that. Um, it was about oil. Like, So I made this, um, this is more of a post thing, isn't it?
1: Well... You don't have, it's, you know, 40 minutes into the show. It's
0: okay. I'll save it for the post-show. I no, know. but I mean,
1: we had not have that long a show. I think it's okay.
0: So I did this little cross-section of the earth. So I had bedrock, and then I had this plastic bag of uh, crude oil, which we actually walked down a, a oil well down the street from my house, really? like in the woods. So we scooped out some crude oil, and then I had shale and dirt. And uh, I had this little, so I had this cross-section of the earth and had oil, and I had this little oil well placed up on top of the earth with a straw going down to the oil. and Very
1: nice. Yeah, it was fun. Do you strike gold? Black gold? Texas tea? (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Scottish Newcastle? Wait, wait,
1: wait. Let's finish the stone snowboarding. So, they're installing a new system to demonstrate its commitment to the environment. But it also makes sense financially because the 8,000 square foot cold box is definitely a big energy draw.
0: That's a big fridge.
1: That's a very big fridge. And they're using the the solar cells to power that.
0: They use biodiesel in in their delivery trucks. 54%
1: 54% of the company would be powered by solar cells. That's that's significant. That's very significant. That, that's a lot of power that, I mean, otherwise it would just be hitting the earth and powering plants. And instead, mm-hmm. it's powering beer plants. Well, or
0: hitting asphalt and just right. warming up the uh, atmosphere, right? right? So, you know, I'd love to to get some solar cells for the house. I'm kind of that green guy, you know, a little bit green, but I'm not a super hippie. But it's just too cloudy here in Pittsburgh to make it worthwhile.
1: See, I mean, I think you can disagree with with, with global warming alarmists and still, at the same time, do what you can to protect the environment because pollution's a bad thing, no matter what side of the. Political no, I, you
0: that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not worried about. Well, I don't know. The more you hear about it over and over again from from not freak jobs you know
1: we hate to get political on here but i think that our general this is idea, kind of post-show this is kind of post-show so let's, save, let's
0: save the uh climate okay. change for post-show All and right. let's talk about Hot 15 and do some rankings okay um let's see a couple more news scottish and newcastle rejected their bid from heineken um but analysts are predicting anheuser bush is going to bid on the company and uh, Anheuser-Busch's chief uh, advertising executive said that Bud.TV was a brilliant but flawed idea. They forgot to tie the stuff in with the product.
1: Today, I mean, I never even knew that Bud.TV actually got out and got off the ground. It
0: got off the ground, but the big problem was the registration was too hard trying to keep the underage kids out. And, uh, but he says the biggest problem <laughs> was that they, it was totally flawed because they didn't uh, do anything to brand the pro, the brand, the content.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that was. All,
0: it's all just bizarre content that wasn't branded.
1: That's kind of what we said. I mean, you have this ridiculous TV channel with stupid skits. How does that relate to beer at all?
0: But uh, it doesn't need to relate to beer, it needs to relate to Budweiser. It needs to, to relate Bud, to, Bud oh, it needs to
1: relate to their brand, which is, you know, goofy college kids getting drunk and, and doing whatever goofy college kids do when they get drunk.
0: Yep. So that's all the news. Um, rankings, rankings, rankings.
1: I was going to say something really bad, but I'll save it for the post show.
0: Interesting show tonight. I mean, to me, there wasn't a love it beer. Like, for example, like different things, I've like the, the porter, I needed more chocolate or, right. or coffee. The, the mild from Three Floyds, I thought was too bitter. The, the bills was good, too strong.
1: wasn't right for tonight.
0: wasn't right for tonight. And the pork brewing, it's a good, good hop ale, but not a great hop ale. Yeah, you know, it's 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 missing
1: the bitterness. It's not that it's, it's not that then, it's missing something. It's that there's too much. There's too much bitterness
0: here. The bitterness, but now I'm not tasting the bitterness. But now it's like, well, it's not as juicy as it has. It's it it's that. Str- it wants to have the man candy but it wasn't there. <laughs> it
1: wants the man candy but it can't find the man candy. Um so what's your what's your ranking?
0: Oh man. <laughs> it's it's too hard. It's um not, you know how they don't give gold medals at the Great American Beer Fest if there's no beer that's a world class example of the style?
1: right we know, uh, we we do not have a precedent of doing that however I, I don't think any
0: of these are well i wanted to say that none of these are clear first place beer all right the top three are bunched up together like i have them here on the table and i'm not sure which one i want to put first
1: let me go first does that help
0: yeah, maybe your comments will help me All make right. my decision.
1: My number one beer definitely was the Pride and Joy Ale. I mean, it was a little bit bitter, but I loved a good session beer. I mean, really drinkable. Not much drinkability factors into my decisions.
0: Now, my question for you is, did you give it any extra points because it was low alcohol? Absolutely. And is that fair? Yes. So if I make a one percent alcohol beer that tastes like ass, it gets some points because it's one percent.
1: No, it gets some. It gets okay. some points because it was a good beer and low alcohol. Okay. I mean, if you combine well, those together, yeah, I
0: guess I made it sound like I thought yeah. that Pride yeah. tastes like ass. Yeah, but, so no, that's not what I intended. I <laughs> mean, if it tastes say. like
1: ass, that overrides everything. But if it's oh, so
0: so if two beers tasted the same and one was five points higher in alcohol,
1: I would I would absolutely say the lower alcohol beer gets it. Absolutely.
0: What if the higher alcohol beer is better?
1: Then it's a different story. You said they tasted the same,
0: right? So, how am I like? How am I going to describe Greg? How much better <laughs> is an alcohol point worth?
1: That's only up to you. That, that's yeah. your personal subjective yeah. na- nature.
0: You know, you know, I'm a guy that hates high alcohol beers. You know, when I can drink a low alcohol beer, so I understand that argument. I'm just trying to provoke some discussion here. You know, about how much does a low alcohol beer make up? Like when all things are equal. Yeah, let's take, why not take the low call? You can have a better time out at the bar or whatever. If one is X units bigger, better, if one is X units better, which is really qualitative and we can't describe this, this
1: that. This is a silly conversation. Okay.
0: <laughs> I will concede that.
1: Um, the whole show's silly. Yes, Come I suppose on. that's true. Uh, so, Pride and Joy from Three Floyds is is, is number one. I mean, um, until
0: I get the pink styrofoam off the wall, this is just going to be a silly podcast. You
1: have a point. You the unfortunate thing is, my
0: way. access to styrofoam is all the non anti static styrofoam, which they make pink. So, I'm kind of screwed.
1: You know, we can have... We, it's
0: anti-static we won't get struck by lightning down here
1: frankly I think that the amount of, of soundproof we have up there right now is very good it has done a lot I mean if you listen to I forget what show it was probably 41 or 42 when we first moved into here it an echo chamber yeah the difference is a mess just from putting up a couple I don't know what we have 4 by 8s yeah so probably about uh, 60 or 70 pieces of this film it has done a wonder a wonder in terms of making this place more sound studio like
0: that that's four four by eight pieces, not sixty or seventy four by eight pieces. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so my number two would be the heritage alt beer, but that wasn't alt. It was not an alt according to the definition. However, I mean, in terms of a porter, I thought it was very drinkable, very okay. easy to go. I'll give that uh, to you. Very tasty. So yeah, you know, uh, probably port brewing, just because. Tell me, you out there has some cash with me anyway. And, um, you know, it's like... The you beer- remember the Shark Bite we had last week? Shark Bite right after? Did yeah. you like that better or worse yeah, than this one? Yeah, I liked that better. This was a little bit too earthy, too bitter to be really awesome. But still, I mean, a good beer. I think that it, it's a good beer to check out. If you love bitterness, this probably be right up your alley. It's not going to stick in your tongue like a stone beer. I mean, it's it's really good. It's just not... Awesome, not incredible, not five-star, not well. I guess the 8,000 comes next last of the night simply because it didn't really fit well with the rest of the stuff going on tonight. I yeah, if it, was,
0: it was a rough show for a wit beer to fit in, yeah. no matter how good the whip beer.
1: If there were other whip beers, maybe other Belgian-style, because it kind of struck me as sort of like a Belgian-style hail, uh, this might have uh, gone up very a lot higher.
0: This would have been interesting to drink alongside the bar that strong, wit-beer type, honey type. That would have been a good compliment to compare the two.
1: Yeah, so Bells is kind of a hard luck loser because it's it's up against some very different beers and very different drinkability factor versus it and the other beers. So got to go with drinkability first in this show, pride and joy.
0: So I'm going to have to say that the uh, Hop 15 from Port Brewing is going to be my number one beer i didn't love it so it's like the hard luck winner right, right. I, I didn't love the beer but it was a good beer and it, it's it's a rare show where there's not a beer that i'm infatuated with and this is the well i guess i'll take you home because <laughs> you're the only one left at the bar um <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's to, not main show style. I know I had to say it though. I had to say
0: it. That's not main show content. <laughs> you have to bleep that out and put it in the post show. <laughs> Number two, I'm gonna put the bells. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um the only thing I didn't like about it was it didn't fit the show. And I, it's it's hard to penalize a beer because of that, but it's the law in, of, of say taste. In my know. senses, I have to. Pen, I have to put it. I liked it, but I, you know, it just didn't fit. So it'll be number two. Number three is the pride and joy. Um, the low alcohol, refreshing. The bitterness was a little over top at the beginning. I, I couldn't give it a, an A plus because of the bitterness at the, top, at the beginning. And the heritage alt beer. Well, dude, it's it's a porter. Um, and like I said, for the porter. If it had a little bit of coffee or a little bit coffee or a little bit of coffee or chocolate in it, I probably would have given it more points. But I'm not a huge fan of those dry, cindery, roasty uh, porters. Needs a little bit of something else to Fair go with enough.
1: it. Are you going to put the rankings on the site this time? Because the last couple of shows you haven't been putting rankings. Oh, really?
0: Out. It's funny because when I post a show, I edit the pre. I go and edit the previous one. I copy the code from the previous one. So whatever show I neglected to post the rankings propagated to the next couple <laughs> shows and I didn't realize it because I copy and paste and then I make all the changes and I completely didn't realize that there wasn't rankings I guess oops Oopsies. so it was a self propagating error on my fault oh, something you'll be able to fix with the next one Yes. thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio I hope you enjoyed the show
1: we realized it was an off show we yeah. hope
0: you tune in next week Please don't quit. Don't give up on us just yet. Please, we promise we'll turn it around. More jokes next week if you want that. (laughs) Post show content, Greg. Post show content.
1: (laughs) That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums more information our music opening and closing were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license check out craftbeerradio.com for more information party on everybody Call the
0: cops, I think he's coming home early. does he know that we're on to him on playing And we're heading out of town, no Don't you know there's no stopping us? Look with me, up to starry skies Everybody loves the stars, we've been in our lives We will
1: find another place People believe that we have got from outer space Yeah, promise me you'll never go away So
0: I don't have to put these roads on your place